Hello, Mr. Pocket. This is Belonging Before Believing. <laughs> and I'm Patrick Mathers, the pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm Brian Gumpy, elder, Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. What? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Pocket. <laughs> what does that mean? It's from Buster Scruggs. There's the one with Tom Waits where he was looking for that pocket of gold, oh. and he's talking to the he's talking to the hill, and he's like, "Hello, Mister Pocket." That's right. Good night, Mister Pocket. Dude, when somebody told me the Tom, oh yeah, I really like the Tom Waits one. I was like, "Oh, thank you." Could not figure out why that guy seems so familiar. So that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like the Liam Neeson one. Oh, geez, that one made like me sad. Neeson. And Dudley from Harry Potter. That's oh, who yeah. that was. Yeah, he was yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dudley. Yeah, that made it tolerable to see him. Well, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> no, I like. I was sad for the end. I'm not going to spoil it either. But I was sad for it. <laughs> I wasn't because it was Dudley. Oh, I was. I was like, no, not a chicken. <laughs> if that doesn't entice you to go watch the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I don't know what will. Uh it's it, it's uh, good storytelling. Yeah. But it, it's visually breathtaking. Yeah, a couple of them are. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of them not so much. No, I, I guess they all are. They're all pretty much. Yeah. Mm. Hey, do you know what I got here? <laughs> How got rude. The classic. Slurping in people's ears. The classic. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> if you listen to us and you are a beer drinker, I want to admonish you this, this week th- that you hear this sometime. Go and get yourself just a pale ale, Sierra Nevada pale ale, and just sit and sip it and enjoy it. It's so good. Mm. It's a classic for a reason. Mm. Speaking of classics, you know what I got? Here, let me do the slurp in your ear thing. <laughs> that was awful. Mine was so much better <laughs> than trying, yours. I was trying not to laugh. That's because you have a crappy drink. <laughs> I have Kirkland Signature. You're sparkling in water. water. <laughs> lemon. <laughs> Not off, is it? Lemon. And by lemon, they don't really mean lemon. Calorie-free, sodium-free, sweetener-free. Juice-free. Lemon essence sparkling water <laughs> with other natural flavors. What other natural flavor? I wonder. Hey, you I'm know also what? drinking decaf black coffee. You know what? What? Uh, I got a new Bible. <laughs> yeah, you do. A Skyler. You, yeah, you told me it's Skyler. I thought it was Schuler for sure. I saw it on that website. But Skyler, um, it is the personal size tan goat skin quintel. And this is from my good friends and my church. And this is my new preaching Bible. And I love it. Can you hear me smell it? Can you smell what Pat's got cooking? <laughs> it's the word of God. Goat skin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to preach a barnstormer. I did today. Not, not even goat. Goat skin. Goat That's skin. what we're cooking. <laughs> we just want the crispiness? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I had goat curry from that Indian food place I go you, to. You preached a barn buster? No, oh, yeah. I preached a barn buster today. And What exactly does that mean, a barn buster? Dude, if we were in a barn, I'd have blew it down and we'd all been dead. <laughs> Hope they repented before the thing collapsed. 
It's a big You loud. do that with words? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, you man. wouldn't. So I... I've so, never preached one of those. Uh, so we... When... Okay. So there... Uh, there's a Sound couple... Sound it out. I'm getting there. I'm trying to think of how to start this sentence. <laughs> Dude, you look like an NPR host or something with your tie and your sweater on right now. <laughs> Okay, that actually ties into the story. I know because I had to go preach down at this church down in Yuba City, and the pastor there told me make sure I don't wear flip flops when I show up because sometimes <laughs> I preach in flip flops and sovereign joy. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I get the point. So I actually wore a tie and sweater. I didn't wear a coat, but I'm dressed up a little fancy today. But so I went down there, and so at Sovereign Joy, you guys hear me week in and week out. And if I got as animated and loud and growly with my voice every single week like I did today, it would get old really quick. But they only hear me like maybe twice a year, maybe three times a year down there. So emotionally, I get a little more into it, not because I'm actually more into preaching down there, but just, you know, they're getting a change from their pastor just like if we got a change from me, from me, it's it's going to be different, and people's ears are going to perk up and listen a little more. And so, um, yeah. Did you preach like Dwight giving his salesman of the year speech? No. Pound the <laughs> no. the podium. And no, no, no. Quote it, dictators. No, no, no. I am I am much more of a storyteller, and I'm a mover arounder, and. Yeah, when I'm when I'm other places, when I'm at Sovereign Joy, the microphone's right there, right? Yeah. I got Joel's phone is how we record the sermon, so I can't get like I can't move around. I've got to stay right there. Nah, you you could uh, a bit. Uh, I don't, but I could. Or maybe I could, but I'm giving, I don't. I'm giving you like a four foot leash. Yeah, no. If I do that, I, you're gone. I might go too far. So I, it's better I just. Kind of put my hands on the pulpit and hang on for dear life yeah, at Sovereign Joy. What would happen? We wouldn't have that sweet recording like we did tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't record. Because wh- I told Siri something in the middle of the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> and she responded. Oh, that was a little embarrassing. But anyway, so yeah, it was a barn buster morning. And if you want, I can start doing barn busters every single Sunday at Sovereign Joy. But Every single Sunday. Whew, they tire me out. I needed a nap, and I didn't get one today. Oof. Hey, you want to know what our question is for today? I know what our question is for today. No, do you do you want to know? Like, you don't know what I'm about to tell you? Oh, sure. I hey, do you want my job. Well, I got it here in front of me. All right. <laughs> it's a role reversal. What you got? <laughs> if Christianity is the only true religion, then why do practitioners of all other religions feel fulfilled in their faith and achieve the same desired results as Christians. Oof. <laughs> now we could answer this in this, about three sentences, you know, right? Absolutely. And frankly, this is one of those questions where it's hard not to look down your nose at the questioner. There are no stupid questions until somebody asks a stupid question. It's not that it's a stupid question. It's that it's like a very, Arrogant question. Very ignorant. No, ignorant is probably ignorant. a better yeah. word. Yeah. But very like <laughs> you have to assume so much and ignore so much. Right. To, which to is even why it's out phrase of a question this way. And Do I we, mean no I offense to the questioner. 
I'm not saying you're an ignorant fool. <laughs> I'm not. It's just that there are people, you have an idea in your mind of something, and you ask a question based upon where you're coming from, and it could genuinely be out of ignorance. That's not pejorative. It's just, you know, you just don't know. It's just a fact, Jack. It's a fact. Fact. Wow. <laughs> so, why is it a fact, Brian? Can you clarify why is it a fact that this question, let's start there, is asked from a position of unknowingness? <laughs> I didn't want to say ignorant again. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who this questioner is? Uh, I could look it up. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get this question. A lot of these questions I got, but lately it's been you more than me. Anyway, um, so it's the first thing is that word all. Why do practitioners of all other religions, like each and every one, <laughs> feel hey, they, like that one that I talked about tonight where you have to cut yourself, that cult? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, hold on. It's the, 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 the tribe of the psychedelic. Topi, Temple of Psychic Youth. Temple of, I was almost at Psychedelic Youth. Mm-hmm. Psychic you youth. have to give them bodily fluids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all other religions feel fulfilled in their faith. So again, so let's unpack fulfilled. What does fulfilled mean? Like you feel good and happy about yourself? Like you 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 like <laughs> Well, you can you 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 can be deluded. And feel fulfilled. Oh, 100%. Right? That's what a cruise is all about. You <laughs> think you're actually going to these destinations when in reality you're going to a very small little coastly guarded area where you're not going to get accosted because that would be bad PR for the cruise line. So you're not actually going to... Like I have went on a cruise San Martin, um, Antigua, some of these other islands. I know we didn't like get to go see the island. You're not we, a local now. We got this cute little, yeah. We don't put your hands out of the vehicle and that kind of thing, yeah. So I would challenge uh, above and beyond the fact that this takes place in all other religions, like that, getting past that point. But I would challenge the fact that the people that they're pointing their fingers at are actually fulfilled. But then achieve the same desired results as Christians. The same desired results. Really? Like, we'd have to have agreed upon desired results of these faiths. Okay, but let's go, let's go back to the fulfillment, and maybe we can answer that. So, by fulfillment, if someone was truly fulfilled, you would be done doing what it was you needed to do to get fulfilled. And no other religion ever ends. Right. You're constantly doing. You're constantly working. You're on the treadmill of works. There's no assurance that, that you've ever done enough. There isn't. There is no true fulfillment. You never know. And in a lot of religions, you're, you're d- not only in this life, but you might have 900 other lives that you still got to work through. And how can you ever know? You can't. There you're is chasing fulfillment. Chasing you never catch fulfillment. it. fulfillment. So we would m- say Christianity is distinct in that we truly do know fulfillment. Like, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm born again. I know that I'm right with God. Because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus because 
I can look to him and see that he accomplished the work I need for my salvation. Objectively, I can look and see he did this. He lived a perfect life. He fulfilled the law in my place. Nobody brought an accusation against him in that category. They brought plenty of other things, but never that he had sinned or had he had failed the law. And he stood every test. He stood every temptation. He was in all points tempted as I am and yet without sin. And so when he died on the cross, he literally took my place in hell. He bore the wrath of God that I deserve for my sin so that I can be saved here and now. And I repent of my sin, turning from it, and I believe that. And even that is a gift from God, that ability and that knowledge to do that. So my fulfillment comes from, pardon me, nothing I do. It comes from what Jesus did. So I'm believing a set of facts that happened, not in my own works to get me there. So this is how fulfillment is vastly different for the Christian than it is for the non-Christian, and even some that would call themselves Christians, honestly. We would throw, I think, Rome, Roman Catholic Church into that category, where there's just a constant treadmill of works and penance and and indulgences, and you mm. just never know. You, you Have you ever done enough, you know? Yeah, totally. So, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you, no, 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 you're fine. So, fulfillment for us, then, has we're going to look and say, so our result in the end is different than everybody else's, right? Our end result is we get to experience the bliss of being with Christ forever. And that's no other religion's end result. I mean, it might be heaven or nirvana or, um, you know, a place with God somewhere in some mansion or something, but the achievement, what we have at the end of our life, the desired result for Christians is Christ-likeness, and that only comes through Christ's work. So it's not even something that we do as well. We're barely participants. We are. We, we are barely participants. We're called to do works, but yet Jesus is the author and finisher, the author and perfecter, author and completer of our faith. So while we are participating, he is completely sovereign in his saving of us, his sanctifying of us, and him glorifying us. Now, we live our lives because of the new love we have for Jesus and the new love we have for God in obedience to him, but that obedience doesn't merit us standing before the Lord. It, If anything, it just proves that God is doing the work in us that he said he would do in scripture. It's hard to like even concoct something more desirable than that. Hmm. For us, I mean, I mean, sure. I, but I, no, I just mean like, what are other people trying to like, if you're going to do a DIY religion, <laughs> Scientology, Dude, he just made it up. DIY religion. That's sure. It. Yeah. But uh, like, I don't know. Like, I don't see fulfillment in any of these other ones for the reasons that we already outlined. Like, mm-hmm. you're just, it's a constant, never ending striving for status, for um, you know, where your position with your maker is, 
for it's a constant chasing of the unknown. Yeah, the next it's, secret little bit of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, or or even just that little bit of assurance. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I And that little bit of assurance never is assurance. You think it will. You think if you do this one thing that you'll attain some peace and then you maybe do for a minute or for a time and then you have to look and go, "Boy, now I got to chase the next thing." I've got to follow this next big thing because, you know, how do I actually deep down know that I did enough, that I was sincere enough, that I was honest enough? You just can't know. So what are the desired results? Um, some kind of peace, I think, for some of them, that I would feel at peace, right? I mean, that's a big thing because everybody has guilt. And people generally turn to a religion or something to better themselves, to help themselves, because they feel some kind of guilt or inferiority or, th- or they feel a lack in some way. So they're looking for to become a better them or the them that they were created to be or those, I, I mean, those kind of things. They're looking to satisfy guilt. I think that's a big, big, big part of it. I really do, because guilt is universal, because sin is universal. Uh, Everybody is created in the image of God. They have the law on their hearts. They know it, and when they violate that law, they have guilt as a result. What, What do you think about meaning, purpose? I would think that that would be a big reason why people are running towards different types of religion as well is trying to find their meaning and purpose. Do you think anybody achieves their desired result in that? No. Well, I mean, we do. I, I think we do. Oh, I know that. For sure. Do I think anybody else does? Um, no. No, I don't. Because there's a sense where that when you come to the end of it, because you don't know if you have assurance, there's a sense where in the back of your mind that is this really meaningless? Is this really fulfilling? What makes me think of it, I saw this um, documentary with Bill Mur- about Bill Murray where he just like shows up at people's parties and shows up at a bar and serves drinks and shows up and does somebody's dishes in their house and stuff. It's a really good documentary and made me, it was very provocative. But one of the things that the guy who made the documentary brought up was that there's a sense in Bill Murray's kind of um, existential experience, spiritual experience, where he really is, there's a theme running through his movies where he's looking for some kind of meaning. And then he comes back to the big long speech in Meatballs where nothing matters. It doesn't matter if we win this game. It doesn't matter at all because, you know, everything else is just going to go on. And even if we win the game, they're going to get the prettier girls and they're going <laughs> to get better in, in life and, you know, all this. So it just doesn't matter. And so there's also a vein running through his movies that nothing really matters except the moment and the now. And so one of the guys was speculating if that's why he goes and does this is because there is no meaning. There's only the now. So therefore, he's living improvisationally as a 
yes and. He's just living his life that way because there's no meaning. If you thought there was no meaning in anything that you did, why would you go do all this minimum wage type stuff that he did? That's like the last thing I would do if nothing had meaning. Well, I'm not sure he did at the time when he was doing minimum wage stuff. I think that that might have been a, a struggle he was going through. But he he's what, what I'm trying to get at is that he is... I think a big picture representation of how most people live is they strive for something, they strive for something. And if they achieve it or they don't, then they move on to the next thing. And in the, the back of their mind, they're really saying, does it all matter? It doesn't all matter. Does it all matter? It doesn't all matter. Does it? It doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just trying to make sure that we play fair here. Um, so going back to the question, uh, all practitioner, or practitioners of all the religions feel fulfilled in their faith and achieve the same desired results as Christians. So, oh, I guess I'm reading so they don't so, they don't receive achieve the same desired results as Christians. No, no not nobody at all. does. Well, so I was reading that question really, wrong. I was reading it like full, they achieve their desired result, but no, it's saying that they achieve the same result as Christians. Right. Oh, for sure, that can't be true. Right. It's not. Yeah, because we have different. We have a different end game. Right. I was going to say, so, I mean, I, you definitely talked about it, but let's like say it again, just for my own clarity's sake. Yeah. So what's the desired result of our religion? Well, the, out, the desired result of our religion is that we would be in heaven with Christ forever, that we would be with him, that um, being in his presence is eternal bliss and joy that we would be conformed into his image, meaning we become like him even as he is. And I don't know what that means. The John who wrote that doesn't even know what that means. He says, but we know it's true, and that's what we're longing for, we're working towards, we're pressing towards. Now, you hear me say that, and you say, well, isn't that works? And it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's a sure thing, but I still want to do and live a life that Christ wants me to because I love him. So it isn't out of a sense of duty and obligation. It's out of a response of love and passion and a desire to follow after him. So what happens at the very end is that I'm with him forever. And because I'm conformed to his image and I no longer have this sin nature anymore, this flesh that dwells within me, I'm able to know rightly and learn rightly and to believe rightly and to think rightly. Whereas right now I have these doubts and these anxieties and I have, you know, all, this, all these things to come along, the skepticism that we're talking about in all these other religions, we're not going to have that anymore. We're going to um, absolutely be as holy and righteous as humans can possibly be in their glorified state. So maybe it's not helpful, but it's, this is severe speculation. What do you think the questioner had in mind if they thought that these other religions achieve the same desired results as Christians. All paths lead to God. So, everything anybody's doing, we're ultimately going to end up at the same place. Yeah. I think that's what the questioner had in mind. They have this idea of this benevolent God who does not care who you worship here on earth, that it's all going to end up the same anyway. As long as you're sincere. Sure. I think that would be the qualifying factor. But that, their qualification of sincere. Yeah, not, well, I, not but, this God's clearly. Well, I have not. I, I mean, I can't even remember who this is. I'd have to look it up. But I have had conversations with people before, and that is the the regular qualifying theme: is that you have to be sincere. What is this saying? Are you trying to do exactly what it says and follow it 
and are you sincere in it? God will accept that. The more I think about it, the more like offensive that is. Because <laughs> if you can do just about anything sincerely and all roads lead to God, then what then what then do you do with the problem of evil? Right. My word, that is just a sick and twisted game. If it doesn't matter and whatever you do sincerely, all roads lead to God, then pain is for nothing. Right. Oh, man, I'm getting fired up just thinking about that. Right. Well, I was talking with a fellow this week about, um, you know, we're, we're Calvinists, so I was talking to the guy this week about that, that very thing, the problem of evil. And he posed that to me because I told him everything is predestined. You know, we were driving in a car and it was snowy and we were starting to slide and a car slid and almost hit us and I was able to like do a little shimmy with our van and maneuver us out of the way so we didn't get hit. And he's like, oh, you're a good driver, man. That's great. And I was like, well, it's all right. God, you know, it's all predestined. Like I was just joking. It was a quip. Yeah. And he had not ever heard that before. And so it sparked a huge long conversation. And he was asking these questions about evil. And that's the one that kept coming up. And I was like, well, from our perspective, we have an answer because we're saying it, God has a purpose for evil. For every evil thing that happens, there's some kind of purpose behind it. Whereas all other, not only religious systems, but other Christian systems have to answer this question, but there's no purpose in it. And therefore, it's just either random acts of evil that God will eventually judge at the end, or he's just these random acts of evil and you have to do your best to overcome it and, and get over it. But, you know, God didn't ordain any of these things to happen and he's either slapping it together as he goes or he's kind of done all that he can do and now he's left everything up to humans and both of those are not desirable (laughs) (laughs) and not biblical but but really not desirable kind of makes me cringe yeah yeah it's sad well (laughs) hey do you want a question of the day i do Okay, I'm going to give you one of these ones. What? This is going to be a wackadoo one. I can no, no, no. It. This is going to be one. All right, so who do you know in reality that reminds you of a character in a TV show or a movie? Uh, gosh. I should have prepped you, huh? <laughs> People say I'm, they, I remind them of either Buddy Hackett. Yeah. Because I kind of look like when him, you especially shave. without a beard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I look like Buddy Hackett, and I can do that little shapoopy dance from Music Man. <laughs> shapoopy, shapoopy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fun. Um, or people have told me Robin Williams, too, when I shaved, and I was thinner. Um, now, especially when my beard is much fuller, I get Zach Galifianakis a lot, and I think that I probably have his sense of humor. I'm not quite as dark as him. For sure. I'm more of Jack Blackie kind of wackiness. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Who do, but I'm talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just answered you if you were going to think about me. But who do you know that reminds you of a TV character? You know who Joel reminds me of? That cartoon Tintin. No, Tintin. Yeah, that's the guy's name. He, he's like a, there was, they did a touchstone. No, not touchstone. What's the one with the moon? The 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 TV DreamWorks 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 did a animation with that one Tintin. It used to be like a sorry French con- comic or something like that, and he was like an adventure. Joel looks like Tintin. Hmm, 
Who else do you know? <laughs> Every once in a while, there's this like this look that James Spader will make, and it reminds me of Joel. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, hey, you know, for the longest time when I would watch um, uh, Parks and Rec, that character April, she's like kind of twisted yeah. and super sarcastic yeah. and cynical and everything else. Like, I remember thinking like. That girl's pretty cute. And I'm like, oh, you're a married man, Brian. You got to shut it down. You got to shut it down. And then I had like 75 people walk up to me and they're like, dude, whenever I watch Parks and Rec, April reminds me so much of your wife. Yeah, you're married to her. I'm like, that's (laughs) it. Yeah. Hey, Uh, yeah. Andrew Riggs reminds me of Megan Fox. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly why. Because he's got them wee little thumbs. They're like... Google Megan Fox's thumbs. And that's what poor Andrew Riggs, his thumbs look like. <laughs> he convinced people in high school that he had his big toes removed because he was born without thumbs and they transplanted his big toes yeah, to his thumbs. Yeah, that sounds exactly like something he'd say. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Hey, you know else who's famous is Gerhardus Voss. And Nick Roberts, when he has a big full beard, looks like Gerhardus Voss. All right, nobody gets that. <laughs> I've never seen a picture of Gerhardus Voss. Oh, picture Nick Roberts. You pictured Gerhardus Voss. What a handsome theologian. <laughs> like Keanu Reeves appears all throughout history in these paintings and stuff. What? You know, that's maybe like Nick Roberts. Never mind. <laughs> all right. So this is our question of the day that we're going to ask our listeners. Who in your life reminds you of somebody from... Famousness. Famousness. <laughs> A TV show or a movie character. <laughs> so, so it's going to be all these comments of, hey, so I have this friend that you don't know, but he reminds me of... Biggie Smalls. Yeah. Biggie. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I don't know. That was the first one I thought of. Oh, all right. Well, answer the question. We're back. We're posting. Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald, there's something about a wall. I don't know. <laughs> what? I'm thinking of people that you could think of people that look like. Oh, boy. And whether your friend makes you famous or infamous, we believe that you belong. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore.